for a little something extra from the apple seed. And now, here's your host, Sam Payne. It's such a pleasure to be with you for a little something extra here in the podcast. Just about every day, we bring you a full hour-long episode filled with stories for you and your family. And we also like to bring you a little something extra, just a single story, a few minutes long, in case you only have a few minutes and you want to spend those few minutes with a great story. And we've got one for you today. In fact, it's related to the story, uh, one of the stories that you heard in today's hour-long episode, in that it's by the same teller, Dolores Hydock. And uh, in today's story. Uh, Dolores tells a story called Different Versions. It's from a collection of stories called In-Laws and Outlaws. That's the term that Dolores says her mother used to call all the members of the extended family. And this story focuses a lot on Dolores's mother, as well as her siblings, and gives insight into what these fascinating family members were like. Dolores's mother always had a positive outlook on life, she says, and it's something that Dolores loved about her mother and has tried to carry on herself, right? And here's Dolores Hydock's story about her mother's endless optimism. It's called, again, Different Versions, and we're happy to bring it to you as today's Appleseed Extra. People often accuse storytellers of telling lies, (laughs) of playing fast and loose with the truth. But I don't think it's really that so much as the fact that people who love stories understand that truth is way bigger than the facts that you can see on the surface. I think people who love stories have a particular talent for being able to look deeper and see that truth has to have a little bit of wiggle room, a little stretch in it to allow some space for possibility, hope, benefit of the doubt. My mother had that particular talent, and over the years, I've come to realize that I like her version of things better. When I was a child, for instance, if someone gave me a doll as a gift, I would name the doll after the person who gave it to me. For instance, the Christmas that I was five, my grandmother gave me a gorgeous doll. She was tall with long, blonde corkscrew curls and a flowery dress. My grandmother's name was Tilly. I named that doll Tilly. For my seventh birthday, my mother gave me a Betsy Wetsy doll (laughs) whose chocolate brown eyes opened and shut when you tilted her head. Now, she was not what nowadays they would call anatomically correct, but she did have the necessary plumbing so that you could insert a liquid at her little rosebud lips, the Betsy end, and she'd pretty promptly return it to you at the Wetsy end. My mother's name was Helen. I named that doll Helen. I even had a doll that I got by saving up and mailing in cereal box tops. I named that doll Cheerios. (laughs) My older sister Alice said that just showed a lack of imagination on my part. But my mother had a different version of things. No, she said, that shows that Dolores understands the interrelatedness of things. I like my mother's version of things better. A truth based more on benefit of the doubt than fact. For my 12th birthday, that same older sister Alice gave me the most beautiful doll I ever owned. She was not skinny and sharp-edged like a Barbie. They called her a fashion doll. And she had sweet blonde curls and crystal blue eyes and 11 outfits, 10 of which Alice had made herself. 
Alice gave me that doll on two conditions. One, I could not name the doll Alice. Alice. No. <laughs> two, I had to name the doll Valencia. <laughs> because Alice was at the time reading some paperback romance novel set in Madrid. Well, I loved Valencia, played with her constantly. And a few years later, when I went away to college, I discovered that my roommates had brought along Madame Alexander dolls, teddy bears, stuffed animals to decorate our dorm room. And oh, I just knew Valencia would make a classy addition to the decor. So when I came home for Thanksgiving break, I decided I was going to find Valencia, take her back to school with me. So I went down to the basement, looked for the big cardboard box that had our old toys in it. The cardboard box was gone. The rest of the basement looked suspiciously clean. I asked my mother what had happened to my favorite doll. My little brother piped up, oh, she gave all that junk to Goodwill. But my mother had a different version of things. <laughs> no, she said, Valencia ran off one night with a handsome black-eyed sailor named Miguel. He swooped her off to his home in Barcelona where he taught her how to dance the cumbia and where she is awakened each morning by the fragrance of lemon blossoms beneath her bedroom window. <laughs> I liked my mother's version of things better, a truth based more on possibility than fact. It was that same way years earlier when her namesake doll, Helen, whose chocolate brown eyes opened and shut when you tilted her head, was blinded forever in an unfortunate medical experiment performed by my next door neighbor, Jimmy Sonnen, who wanted to know what made her eyes do that. <laughs> he poked them into the hard plastic cavity of her head where they rattled around like loose marbles, making her a kind of Morocco with a drain pipe until my dad performed emergency mercy surgery and removed the eyeballs altogether, leaving Helen staring out vacantly through blank, empty spaces. <laughs> oh, gross, my little brother said. Now she's blind. But my mother had a different version of things. No, she said. Now Helen sees from somewhere deep inside her and is not limited to what you can see with ordinary eyes, and so she sees more, not less. I liked my mother's version of things better, a truth based more on hope than fact. For decades, I could go to my mother with the lost missing, broken parts of my life, mistakes, regrets, disappointments. And she would transform them with a truth based on hope and possibility and benefit of the doubt. It was a particular talent that she had, like her namesake doll, Helen, like other people who love stories, like you, or you wouldn't be listening now. <laughs> she could see from somewhere deep inside her and wasn't limited to what you can see with ordinary eyes, and so could see more, not less. Thank you. Thank you. Dolores Hydock, 
with a story called Different Versions here on the Appleseed. Find us online at byuradio.org slash Appleseed. Reach out to us with your story. Write it down. Send it to us by email at theappleseed at byu.edu. That's our email address. I'm Sam Payne. Can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us for a little something extra from the Appleseed. Google the Appleseed podcast and subscribe for something new just about every day. The Appleseed with Sam Payne.